You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, Teddy here. Today on the show, you're not going to be hearing from me. That's because Recode's Jason Del Rey is going to be the one asking the questions. If you are a longtime listener of Recode Podcast, you may know that Jason covers Amazon. And he recently had a really interesting interview on the Recode Media Podcast with journalist and author Brad Stone. Brad also spends a lot of his time thinking about Amazon and Jeff Bezos, and he's out with a new book on this. And we want to share some of their conversation with you today. There's more to it, though, so check out the rest on the Recode Media feed. But here's a snippet from Jason. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Brad Stone. I think many of our listeners will know who Brad is, but, you know, longtime Bloomberg journalist and editor, also author of now two books about Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Brad, great to have you. Thank you, Jason. Longtime Recode reader and follower of your work and admirer of your work. I feel like the fraternity of of people who know how insanely difficult it is to crack this company and tell their story is small. And so it's really a delight to talk to you um, and, and to someone who's read the book and understands the company. I appreciate that. And yes, this can be a pseudo therapy session as well. But uh, we'll, we'll start with you. So you, you have a book, it's called Amazon Unbound. Jeff Bezos and the Invention of a Global Empire. Uh, this is sort of the sequel to the Everything Store, which you originally wrote. What were you setting out to do with this book? What I set out to do was to update my history. You know, I had I, I was proud of the Everything Store. Um, it, the Everything Store continued to kind of resonate. I, I learned that you know it was it was a, a valued book for people who were at Amazon or in e-commerce or thinking about joining Amazon. But it just, as the years went by, came to be sort of woefully out of date. I mean, there was Alexa, and there was the expansion into India, and there was Hollywood, and the globalization of the marketplace, and the transportation network that they were building. And and that was just the beginning when I set out in 2017 to go, okay, I'm going to write another installment of the of the construction of this empire. And then there was the whole evolution of a man named Jeff Bezos. And, right. And the biggest challenge and the biggest the biggest question I had was, how does it all fit together? You know, how does one company, you know, with a couple hundred thousand employees, now over a million, you know, do so many different things? And 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 is it linear? And, it, and if not, how would you organize it into a narrative? And then the specific questions I had were, how does a company, you know, really an online retailer and, and a cloud services company come out of nowhere to leapfrog Google and, and Microsoft and Apple in the race to build a, a kind of 
artificial intelligence or voice activated computer. So how does Alexa happen? You know, why, why is Amazon making TV shows and movies? Yep. You know, that, that was a question. And, and then, and then, you know, and frankly, like, you know, why does Amazon go into competition with the FedExes and the UPSs of the world to start driving our neighborhoods and flying the skies and, and the highways? Um, so yeah, these were specific questions and I, it was like a puzzle, how to, how to fit it all together. Like you, I talked to former Amazon executives. I've talked to some who who look back and say, for a company like Amazon, there actually hasn't been sort of a breakthrough, massive invention since Alexa. Obviously, there you know the delivery network. If you want to call that invention, that's been huge. But in terms of like technological consumer invention, a lot of people will still point to Alexa. Um, what do you think about that? I, I would say that overlooks the potential, maybe as yet unrealized, of the of the ghost store and the retail technologies. Mm-hmm. Um, those stores where you know you 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 pick something off a shelf and walk out and and don't uh, have to stop at the cashier. And then the another version of the technology are in grocery carts. You know the the dash carts where you you kind of scan it automatically scans as you put them in. And Amazon is opening physical stores, grocery stores now across the country using one of those two technologies uh, that they introduced in 2017. So it's as yet probably unrealized potential, certainly wasn't the immediate hit that Alexa was, but it does have a lot of potential. So that aside, if the question is, is is Amazon now kind of less inventive, um, then probably for the last couple of years to the extent that we've gotten these sort of feeble iterations of Alexa in like glasses and and the wristwatch that haven't really done well. There's this robot, um, kind of a, a, a roving Alexa robot. Um, and then the satellite network, the Kuiper initiative where, right. you know, which is competing with uh, Starlink from SpaceX, that seems somewhat delayed. Um, yeah. I mean, when you get to a company of Amazon size, the pressure is, you know, to move the needle, um, you have to kind of keep reinventing yourself and, and introducing new things. And that will be the fundamental challenge of the Jassy era. Well, one thing about Alexa um, that caught my attention, you know, I think you mentioned that over the last few years, you know, we've seen sort of new iterations, but um, it has not become a device that people order, you know, all their products to, uh, you know, through. Um, but you had a fascinating story about how they tested Alexa in the early days. I don't know if that was original to your reporting or whether I missed that elsewhere, but can you just describe that a little bit? I'm I'm talking about the, I think it was apartment rentals to test out Alexa. The AMPT program. And why, yes, Jason, that is a a new, uh, a new anecdote in in the book. (laughs) Thank thank you for recognizing. Um, Sure. So, it, well, I'll try to do it succinctly, but there's a kind of, um, let's call it the the AI paradox that comes with introducing any new uh, AI product, which is the thing that would, you know, if, if it uses kind of deep learning methods, the thing that makes it good is the data, the amount that it's used because it learns from, you know, from when it's used, but you don't get that data until you launch it. But if you launch it before you get the data, no one's going to use it. Okay, right. that's the paradox. So, um, and and various companies have done different things, like license data sets from from other companies, like Nuance. Uh, Amazon didn't want to do that, and the product wasn't getting good enough, fast enough, w- when it was in beta, just in employees' homes. So they came up with this um, program called Amped. Can't remember what it stands for, but they basically move uh, Alexa 
into all of these apartments around the country in disguise. They cover them with acoustic uh, fabrics. And then they litter the apartments with decoy devices like Xboxes and TVs and tablets. <laughs> and then they hire this firm, Appen Research, to basically hire temp workers and stream them through these apartments and homes and have them read scripts and have them at, say utterances out loud and converse. And all the microphones on all the hidden Alexas are picking up all this speech. Um, they're recording all this data about accents and environments and the time of day and the way people phrase things. And then all of those transcripts are sent to, to another set of contractors who are annotating them and trying to improve the, the AI's understanding of various questions. And that is how Amazon leapfrogs Apple and Google in a race to kind of develop a, a capable voice recognition, natural language understanding engine. And the funny little anecdote is that um, they're doing this in secret and repeatedly the cops are called all on these installations because neighbors are like, what is who are, this? <laughs> right. Who are, who are all these strange people just going in and out? Is right. it, is it a drug house? Is it a, I don't know what, a, a variety of things it could, could have been right. Right. Um, and, and, and this is how in a span of like six months, uh, they collect enough data that they solve the AI paradox and Alexa gets smart enough to at least go into people's homes in late 2014 and get them to use it. So, um, yeah, that, that was one of my favorite anecdotes. I, you know, as an inside baseball Amazon reporter, I, I do try to pick up as I'm going through the book, the, the different nuggets that are, that are new and have not been, not been covered before. And, um, not surprisingly, uh, th there were a ton of them, but that was one of my favorites. Peter and the Recode Media audience talk a lot about the streaming wars and video streaming business. Obviously, Amazon and Amazon Studios has been in the space for a while now. Coming out of your reporting about, you know, the Roy Price uh, era at Amazon, uh, the former head of Amazon Studios, um, and all the spending we're still seeing Amazon do in that space. Like, what is what is the end goal here? Is this a Bezos pride project? Does it really matter to the future of Amazon Prime as much as the company seems to say it does? What, what, what's your takeaway from that reporting? Let me let me answer that question by starting with a kind of hypothetical. Uh, let's assume um, that Prime was still just two day shipping. And right now there is a fulfillment center, you know, probably 30 miles from where I'm sitting. And so what in this hypothetical scenario would Prime membership even get you? And so when you think about that and you look, go back to 2010 or 2011, when Jeff Bezos first put, you know, sees DVD sales declining, understands that Netflix um, and video on demand are, are fundamentally disrupting um, the, the video industry. Uh, and puts um, Prime Video, basically video on demand, makes it a free membership perk of of Prime. It was enormously farsighted. You know, he realized that Prime shouldn't just be a shipping program. It should be a kind of premium membership to all of Amazon's offerings. And, and then that leads them into some interesting places. At first, Amazon's just licensing content, and, and Netflix largely is too. And that's, a, you know, that's a enormously 
expensive undertaking that's just enriching the studios. And this is what HBO and Showtime discovered a decade ago. Right. So instead of just bidding to, for the best content, you make your own. And so then they establish an outpost in, in Hollywood called Amazon Studios. And then it's just like enormously entertaining, zigzagging, somewhat successful, somewhat unsuccessful effort to create shows that matter. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they went there by necessity. Um, they were very smart in doing it. And now the fact that we all are prime members and we're not quite sure, you know, what we're paying for, but we know it's invaluable and we don't really think about canceling it shows that they've done a really good job of just branding it um, and positioning it as a as a kind of loyalty service to the best that Amazon has to offer. And something I, I guess I'm still, you know, looking for, and I, I think you get at this in the book, you know, and Bezos too, is... You know, he's looking for the big Grand Slam hits, right? He wants, I was going to use an old reference, he wants the House of Cards, but he, you know, he wants more of the blockbusters. Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Um, What's your gut take, you know, having done all this reporting? Like, are are we going to see those breakout blockbusters really land from Amazon? I mean, they're spending like like they expect it to happen, right? But... um, the studio business is not like the retail business, right? There's less of a, less of a guarantee in many ways. So I, I guess what's sort of your prediction on, you know, success, if they're going to find that success that he's been looking for when it comes to the blockbusters? I mean, I think it's, it's true that they have had, you know, they have had hits. Um, sure, we can reel off a, a couple. The, the Boys is one that I like quite a bit. Um, but there's this billion-dollar bet coming down the pipeline in the form of their Lord of the Rings uh, show. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the huge outlay for what's kind of feels like to me the B material in the in the J.R.R. Tolkien uh, library. And I don't know, after sitting through nine hours of those three movies originally, or four now, um, I you know, I can't imagine... Um, that there's a lot of appetite left, but but you know it's probably not aimed at my demographic. But let me just say this though: what is interesting is to the extent to which that maybe that doesn't matter anymore because Amazon, in a very Amazon-like way, it's not putting all of its eggs in one basket and depending on original content. Amazon now has you know the whole Fire TV platform, and the right. fact that a lot of people get their Netflix and their Disney Plus on an Amazon device, it is nestled right in there on your Comcast set-top box or your or your satellite set-top box. Um, a lot of these other cloud uh, streaming providers like Disney Plus use AWS, right? Yeah. And Netflix uses AWS. And so it is competing in, on all areas of the stack. It's kind of circumnavigated the entire industry. And if one or two shows don't hit and they've had their share of flops and their share of controversy, does it really matter? I mean, Amazon is, is everywhere. And, and however the the entertainment industry complex evolves, Amazon will be active in in many parts of it. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. And remember to hear more from Jason's and Brad's conversation, head over to the Recode Media feed. We'll also include a link to it in our show notes. All right, thanks.